Birds, Patient and Public Engagement podcasts. Hello, this is Mel Brook on behalf of Birds, Patient and Public Engagement programme. This is part two of our mini-series of podcasts relating to myositis. In this episode, I'll be talking to Jade Skeets, who is a clinical specialist physiotherapist in rheumatology at the Royal National Hospital for Rheumatic Diseases in Bath. Hello, Jade. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's it going? I know you've been working from home this week, is it? Or a bit longer? Um, well, I've been, uh, we're sort of re- redeploying our services within the hospital. So we're working in different areas. We're, we're still running an essential rheumatology service um, for those with um, more urgent need for advice regarding physio and certainly our occupational therapists as well. But I've been working in other areas and, and using our skills in different ways. Brilliant. I think everyone's... Um having to sort of juggle and change and it's pushing us all but maybe some good will come out of it in the end. I think it definitely uh, shows that we can be adaptable, gets us, gets our imagination going. Absolutely. So today we're going to talk about keeping active with myositis. We had the um, first part of our sort of myositis podcast series with Sarah Tansley um, and we thought it would be really good to just have a chat with you about um, how people are affected and what they can do in terms of staying active. So do you work with a lot of people with myositis? Working at the Mineral Hospital, I've seen over the last six, seven years that I've been there, a steady number of people through our doors for physiotherapy advice that have myositis. Um, Obviously, we have a number of consultants and doctors working there who have a special interest in working with people with myositis. So I think I have a reasonable appreciation of, of the problems that people may have. So what are the kinds of difficulties that people with myositis would have specifically? The greater issues that people tend to talk to us physiotherapists about are their fatigue so the overall fatigue that they experience from the disease effects um, particularly weakness in their muscles and and weakness can have a wide-ranging impact on how people can go about performing their daily routine and managing to go about their lives and and for those that are already active trying to keep active Mm. and for Uh, some people pain is a particular problem as well right this is a really difficult one to manage then isn't it because it's the muscles you use when you're exercising generally absolutely and and if you think about your muscles you use them when you get out of bed in the morning you use them to get dressed you use them when you're making food and and washing and and going about your daily business so muscles are essential to what we do Mm, that's really difficult it's not like just having one joint that aches is it it's like if it's an all over thing yeah, absolutely. And and so we, we very much take a broad approach when we're looking at it from a physiotherapy perspective that it isn't just about training one part. It's trying to make sure we're working towards that person's aims. So any movement is good then um, in terms of keeping active? 
Absolutely. And if you look at the, the greater advice, and not just about for people with myositis, but the greater advice for anybody is that keeping physically active, we can't underestimate those benefits. So improving people's quality of how they go about living, reducing the chances of them developing uh, things like uh, cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, preventing um, osteoporosis and, and bone fractures from falls and, and the benefits of keeping active absolutely uh, influence our mental well-being. Mm. So is, it, is the risk of falling higher with people with myositis? So the risk of falling may, so I don't know if there's particular evidence to say the risk of falling is higher, but what we understand about people with myositis is if you have weaker muscles, you are more likely to fall. Mm. And many of our patients um, may start with medications, so steroid medications. Now, steroid medications, when people are put on them, they will also be often put on medications to protect their bone health. Uh, because if you're on steroids for a, a long period of time, your chances of developing um, osteoporosis, so where the bones become uh, more fragile in their makeup, starts to go up because you're on the steroids. So if you add those two together, by an implication, you could say that the chances of falling, so it's, it's more about the chances of injury because of falling. So if your bone health is more fragile, your muscles are less strong and holding you up less well, therefore your balance is impacted, the chances of you falling and having an injury in relation to that fall start to go up. Yes, I understand. So it's just that there's a high a possibility because of that condition rather than a proven higher risk as far as I know yes yeah. okay um, so what what would you recommend in terms of good ways of of keeping active okay so if we were all doing the right things by ourselves we should all be trying to firstly get ourselves a bit out of puff every week. So that being testing our cardiovascular system and, and thinking about our heart and our lung fitness. Um, so any activity that gets you out of puff is a good thing. And I think a lot of people turn to physio and think we're going to make them do some sort of Zumba class or um, <laughs> something specific to uh, exercise themselves in some way. But what we understand is that physical activity, so going about your daily business, is really important. Mm. So thinking about going up and down the stairs, doing the gardening, doing some housework, popping to the shops. And I, I realize what I'm saying is something that we're, we're not going to be so freely able to do at the moment. Mm. But all of these things count as physical activity. And if we're doing it to the extent we feel a bit out of breath, it's going to be having a positive effect. Mm. So that's the first bit is, is keeping our heart and lungs fit. And the second bit is then actually trying to promote strength. So that phrase that gets bandied about, you know, you don't use it, you lose it is absolutely true. Mm. If we if we don't test our muscles, if we don't push our strength, um, they will naturally start to decline as we get older so if we can exercise them then that decline is absolutely preventable and then the third part of it is and and what i'm talking through here is, is guidance that public health england um, would recommend that if we could do anything for ourselves these are the things that we should be doing so if we could do anything balance would balance exercise or testing our balance would also be part of that little package of what we should do to keep our physical fitness and mental well-being in a good place 
Mm-hmm. And obviously people who are just starting out, so maybe they haven't really kept very active, they need to pace themselves and do it at a gentle rate rather than going um, sort of too fast, too soon. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of if you've not done it before, then start gradually, set yourself a simple target. And I guess the guide is, well, how do I know when I'm doing enough to make a difference? Because it's not that you have to be sweating buckets and and not able to breathe to actually gain benefits. So there's a really simple tool that I, I use with our patients called the talk test. So if you take the cardiovascular, so trying to exercise your heart and lungs and, and think about getting yourself generally out of breath, mm. how hard do you need to do it to get the benefits? Well, when you think about this talk test concept, if you wanted to exercise to a moderately intense level for you and however you, you go about doing things, you would want to get to the point where you feel you could just about speak a sentence while you're doing it but you couldn't sing me a song. Right. So not so easy that you could you whistle, yep. but you could just about get a sentence out. And that would be equivalent to you as a person exercising roughly, roughly at a moderately intense level. And how long would you sort of say that someone needs to do some sort of exercise? So there isn't a limit on that. If we were doing you know, the recommended guidelines, if you're wanting to promote your fitness and advance it, you're looking at something in the region of 30 to 60 minutes. Overall, it's looking at trying to accrue those minutes each week. Mm. And the the kind of target number that is put out there is 150 minutes. Now, not everybody is going to manage to do 150 minutes of that level of activity a week, but any minute counts. So anything you can do above what you're currently doing is a good starting point. And it's important that if you started at five minutes activity in one go, the next time you do it, you don't just double it to to 10, for example, because doubling is actually a very hard challenge. Mm. So you might take five minutes of activity and the next time try and aim for five and a half or six minutes of activity and, and taking it little bit by little bit, but gradually building up the challenges you're presenting yourself with. Yeah, it's a good point that you can um, gradually build it up without having to automatically double because I think that's what you you think. Um, you know, I've done five minutes tomorrow; I'll do ten. So, yeah, it's good. To, mm-hmm. It's good to be sort of reassured that building it up really gradually is also um, counts. Like you said, every little yeah. counts. It's a good point, Mel. And I think this is also about confidence. If you if you did something one day and thought that was okay, doubled it the next day and thought that's still okay, doubled it the next day again, and then your body wasn't quite ready for that, you might find, understandably, lots of aches and pains. And given people with myositis already have potentially aches and pains and feel very fatigued, that could be very, it could make them feel quite underconfident in their ability to to continue that sort of activity. Yeah, put them off. It, yeah exactly put you put you put you right off couldn't it yeah and so you're, you're thinking about trying to do something that's sustainable that you can keep doing for the longer term so gradually creeping something up allowing your body to adjust but also you gaining confidence that your body can tolerate it and it's okay I think that's really important mm, that is important and at the moment obviously people can't get out and about 
as much as we we would um and we're at home isolating not everyone has access mm. to a garden or something so they have that you know we have the um we're allowed to go out for an, a walk or something or piece of exercise what yeah. what other kinds of things can they do indoors at home during this strange period of time yeah lots of things are starting to creep out there so i think mr motivators coming back on the bbc um, um but actually lots of people are producing things so it depends on what your medium is mm-hmm. do you enjoy watching something and following something do you think that listening to something could work for you um is it just that you want to do something yourself and um I think what we'll do is, is there's the nice resources out there, particularly the Myositis um, org website in uh, that's based in the States has a nice set of exercises for people with myositis to take you through different ways of exercising to build lung and heart fitness and also muscle fitness and thinking about balance. Um, there's some nice uh, resources on the NHS website that talk about different ways to exercise as well. And we can put those links available to people if they want to have a look at them. Mm. But even just using the stairs, using a chair, practicing sitting to standing. And it's about increasing the number of repetitions of doing something. So if you could do five in a row, maybe starting at actually the point you do three, but rather than one set of it, trying it two, three, two or three times, uh, with about a minute of a break in between. I think it's difficult to to describe exactly how you prescribe exercise when, when you're not talking about a specific person and their specific ability. But yeah. It's this concept that you're trying to start adding on activity to your normal daily routine. And I think, you know, uh, if we think about what may help you manage that, mm. I think there's some interesting top tips out there Um that we can think about in trying to make things actually happen because it, it's probably very easy when we are doing the same routine and we're, we're isolated at home and we don't have those community and, and social connections to let routine slip by the wayside. Yeah, so so Jade, what, what would be your top tips? So I think my first one is always pick something that you actually want to do or feel that you could take a little bit of enjoyment or uh, feel the success from. Mm-hmm. Um, pick something that is meaningful because if you if it's not meaningful you're probably not going to place any time or emphasis on not actually making it happen mm. um, if you can involve somebody else in that target that you're setting for yourself whether it be that they're in the household and you can share the goal or perhaps you can do it together um, or that you have the ability to connect connect or contact someone and either sharing it over the phone or a text or an email um, but I think when you put a goal out there you suddenly feel a bit more invested in something because you have said it out loud um, so if you can share that target that you're saying oh, I'm going to try and start to do this today then maybe again it's a bit more likely to happen that's a really good one yeah I like that one yeah I think picking a time is really good and and actually when routine has gone out the window you know the trip to the shops you used to make the social club you used to go to um the 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 work or whatever it is that you used to leave the house to go and do once that routine is out of the window I think maybe a bit of timetabling could also be helpful Mm. so some people might find it's helpful to set themselves a specific time you know before lunch I'm going to do a set of and 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 putting that down so it's a target for the day that might be helpful 
because at the moment uh, there's there could be quite a lack of structure in people's day that that might you know that feels odd so that's a good tip to maybe set aside a time and have that as a new sort of structure in your day yeah absolutely absolutely create structure because I think that um, we do rely on some routines in our lives Mm. and we've lost that a little bit Mm. we've lost the ability to do it in the same way certainly at the moment yes yeah I think my final bit um, is make it feasible and make it practical don't Mm. challenge yourself with trying to do something that requires some fancy kit um, if you don't have access to it things like tins of beans bottles of water filled up or empty um, plastic milk cartons with big handles are quite nice because once they're empty you can then put water back in them um, to create weight and and move uh, move move weight around in when you're looking at strengthening exercises Mm. Um, if you have access to things like the big fabric softener bottles that then have the nice comfy handles as well and Um, it's amazing what we can do using our own body Um, just by moving yourself from sitting to standing you've tested the muscles in your legs because you've had to shift your body weight Mm. so the more times you do that the more you're exercising those muscles that's really good about the the milk bottles because also with those I guess you could fill them up halfway to start with and then as you get stronger you could top them up a little bit so that's that's quite a good idea Mm. Mm. yeah okay so that's some great tips there jade thanks for that and i think um i i believe you're quite interested in research um well i'm certainly starting to explore the concepts yes um i, I mean i think i've been a, a i've been working in in rheumatology services for some time and and what we have done is worked to look at what has already been researched and bring it into our practice so that we are doing what is going to be effective for people, providing advice that's going to be effective in achieving what they're wanting to achieve. Mm -hmm. Um, But over time, hopefully, we're going to translate that bit the other way and starting to look at how we can look at what we're practising and see whether we can add to the research that's out there. Because with myositis, uh, I mean, it's one of the the rare diseases um, around the world. There isn't a huge amount of research to support it, but... um, the stuff that's there really does tell us that exercise has a core cool role in helping people manage their myositis, but also to try and overcome some of the effects of the disease, which can be the muscle weakening and um, uh, the, the fatigue. And it, it, fatigue, whilst it sounds like if you exercise, is my fatigue, fatigue going to get worse? Um, a lot of the studies and a lot of the work that we're doing in people with, say, rheumatoid arthritis is showing us that the fatigue actually improves or appears to improve as they start exercising. Right. I was going to ask if there's any active research at the moment, but obviously with the situation the way it is at the moment, is this something, though, that would normally happen? Would there be something that people could participate in? Um. There is one research um, study that's going on at the Mineral Hospital, which is not directly in physiotherapy, but um, I'm aware that people with myositis may be asked to participate in an observational study um, called the Myoprosp study. So as part of that, 
our physio role has been to provide measurements of people's muscle strength and fitness. Um, so as part of monitoring disease activity, it's not just about looking at your blood markers um, and your well-being and how you're managing to perform your daily activities, but also looking at the, the strength markers that we know may be impacted say for example the strength in your quads muscles in your legs or your arms or even your trunk muscles as well so we're part of the study to monitor uh, help take those measurements to monitor that okay so i guess anything that that comes through that people can participate in we can normally get some notice from you or one of the other sort of physio team i guess we should say the rnhrd rather than the mineral hospital yes. i still call it the min <laughs> yes. years, it's going to take years to get uh, oh, yeah I don't think we'll get away from that plus it's shorter and easier to it say. is <laughs> it, it is different it's a mouthful isn't it RNHRD yes so um okay brilliant well, well thanks for coming on today and giving us that update um and no problem hopefully we'll get you back for another episode because we've got lots of other topics to talk about in the future I'd love that absolutely brilliant yeah brilliant thank you Mel thanks Jade and um thanks. we'll speak again Thank you again to our expert speakers. We hope you've enjoyed this information podcast. Please share it and use the feedback link to let us know how we're doing. Before we go, I'd like to mention that BIRD are committed to helping patients and people to get involved in research and we'll be sharing opportunities and offering some support to do so. If this is something you would be interested in or if you have any questions about this podcast, simply email admin at birdbath.org.uk Time for a quick cuppa and a stretch. While you've got the kettle on, I'd like to just mention our new text and donate service that will help us to fund these podcasts. All you'd need to do is text bird to 70460 to donate £5. This costs £5 plus a standard rate message. Thanks for your support.